You think it. She says it. The Heidi Harris Show on AM 670 KMZQ. Good morning. How you doing? It's Medical Monday on the Heidi Harris Show. Dr. Kelly Victory is always so kind to join us and provide great information to you. She's a president of Victory Health, specializing in disaster preparedness and response training, active shooter preparedness. I mean, the woman does it all. Welcome, doctor. Always great to have you. Hey, Heidi. Happy Monday. And this, what a landmark week it is. This is uh, this week marks week 52 of two weeks to flatten the curve. So uh, here we are. We'll come, come full circle. One full year. You know what? They would If they had told everybody a year ago, we're going to shut everything down until this virus goes away, that might take a year, year and a half. We would have had riots in the streets, but instead we're like the frog in the pot. You know, they throw us in the pot and they slowly turn it up. It's unbelievable. Absolutely right. And I've made that analogy so many times. It's the insidious nature of this pandemic response, which has really allowed them to gain the traction that they have, uh, because, as you know, they've continued to move the goalpost every step of the way. Uh, First, it was two weeks. Then you just have to wear a mask and socially distance till we get the vaccine. Now, even with the vaccine, we need to keep doing these things. Uh, So you are precisely right. It is the proverbial boiling of the frog. Uh, where they have turned up the heat ever so slowly and allowed us uh, to get now one full year in without gaining back, really, at least in the state of California, any of the civil liberties that we've lost. It's unbelievable. We're through with Dr. Kelly Victory. This is Medical Monday here on the Heidi Hair Show. Got a couple of questions from textures I want to get to. One of them says, I'd like to get the vaccine after my immunity from having had COVID-19 wears off. How can I know when that is other than donating blood and finding out if there are antibodies in it? Well, it's a, that's a great question, a very important point, because anyone who has had COVID-19, Heidi, has every reason to believe that they have, for at least some period of time, adequate antibodies and ongoing immunity, even after those antibodies fail. People need, or, or fall off, I should say, not fail. People need to, to realize that even after the antibodies start to wane, which they will after any infection, you are left with ongoing immunity, T-cell and B-cell immunity, what we call humoral immunity, which is the immune system's memory, as it were, of having had that infection and its ability to ramp up quickly should it be faced with that pathogen again in the future. So even when people's antibodies drop off, that doesn't mean they are no longer immune to COVID-19. So I would strongly recommend that anyone who knows that they have had COVID not get a vaccine right now, uh, in part because the vaccines were never tested on people with existing antibodies and existing immunity, and we don't know what the response is likely to be. With regard to how to get that tested, you can go to your doctor's office and request an antibody test. You can go to uh, donate blood. At Some months ago, the Red Cross was routinely testing all the blood samples for COVID-19 antibodies. It's my understanding that they aren't doing it routinely, but they may be doing it at some centers. But short of that, I think the answer is to wait because you have a good reason to believe that you will have ongoing immunity for at least 9 to 12 months following a COVID-19 infection. Mm, that's an interesting part. We're with Dr. Kelly Victory because I had it last June and I would assume I have something. And even if that has waned, as you said, if I were to be exposed to this again, my body would go, wait a minute, we know. Well, let's just, uh, let's grab the, uh, you know, the, um, the, the, the war and go against it because they certainly, my body would recognize that I'd had it before, I would hope. 
I would assume. It, exactly. And that's, and, and that's really the nature of the immune system. It doesn't mean you would have perfect immunity, but likewise, that's the same with the vaccine. Right. Uh, don't be lulled into believing that the antibodies and the immunity that are created by receiving a vaccine are going to behave any differently. If people want to convince you that just because you had COVID-19 doesn't mean you will remain immune, well, it's the same thing with getting the vaccine right. in that case, because those antibodies would be expected to behave in the exact same manner and tail off and trail off in the exact same manner as having had what we call the native virus. Mm. So uh, if you've had the infection, it, in my estimation, unless you fall into an extraordinarily high uh, risk category, I think it's really the better part of, uh, you know, I think it makes more sense to wait until we have some more data in and to see what sorts of adverse reactions people who've already had COVID uh, might have to some of these vaccines. Yeah, that's a really important point. We speak with Dr. Kelly Victory. It's Medical Monday here on the Heidi Harris Show. She's president of Victory Health. Always great to talk to her. You can follow her on Twitter at Dr. Kelly Victory. Another question from a texter. This is a similar kind of, but not necessarily exactly the same question because this person wants to travel. The person said, I had COVID in mid-January. I want to get vaccinated in March and have the second shot by mid-April because I want to travel in late April. That is a question, right, Dr. Victor? As you just said, probably not a good idea to get the shot at this point, even if you're going to get it, even if you were somebody who, who thought it was a good idea. Not right now when it's so close to you having had it. But what if somebody does want to travel this spring, this summer? What are they going to do? Well, it depends on where you want to travel and whether there are mandates in place that you can't go to certain places. To be clear, uh, again, I am not anti-vaccine. I am very pro-vaccine, but I have significant concerns about these vaccines because they are entirely experimental. Uh, To be clear, it is against, it defies federal law for an employer or other organization to require somebody to have an experimental vaccine. That may change once or if any of these vaccines actually achieve FDA approval. They are not FDA approved now, and therefore no one can mandate that you take an experimental vaccine. Mm. Uh, If you are trying to go out of the country or go into other countries that have put in place uh, other rules or, or, or laws about that, then you may be precluded from traveling. But within the United States, it is uh, defies federal law for somebody to refuse the, you the ability to travel on the basis of whether or not you've been vaccinated for COVID-19. Interesting. We're speaking with Dr. Kelly Victory. It is Medical Mondays here on the Heidi Harris Show. Texter asked, Doctor, why are these called vaccines when they're really gene therapy? Is that true, Doctor? Gene therapy? Well, yeah, yeah people have been parsing that term, and, and I don't dispute it that uh, these are not vaccines in the traditional sense of that word because this is entirely new technology. Uh, once again, to be clear, we have never had a safe and effective messenger RNA vaccine, quote-unquote, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, in the past, there have been many attempts in the past to, to create one, but they have always been aborted as a result of really quite devastating adverse events that were revealed during the testing uh, period. So uh, these are, in fact, a genetic therapy of sorts, but I think they do uh, right, rightfully for the average layperson fall under uh, the umbrella of a vaccine because they do what we mean by vaccine or they're intended to do what we mean by, quote, vaccine, 
which is that they cause your body to create antibodies specific to a particular pathogen, in this case a virus, uh, and therefore give you immunity against that virus should you see it again in the future. Makes sense. We're speaking with Dr. Kelly Victory. It's Medical Monday, and you had tweeted this out the other day, what you just talked about, that we've never had a safe and effective mRNA vaccine. That's the messenger RNA that you mentioned. You also say that, unfortunately, testing takes time, and in, in the previous tests, you know, things have had devastating consequences, but you said, unfortunately, testing takes time. People currently getting the vaccines are the test subjects. Woo! And, yeah, I hate to say it that, um, that way, but it's the God's truth, Heidi. Uh, it, there's a reason why the average vaccine takes four to six years to come to market, because there is no substitute for time in science, unfortunately. Um, I certainly respect uh, the ability that, that, that people were trying very hard to get a vaccine to market, that Operation Warp Speed was created with the best intentions, but unfortunately, throwing money at something doesn't substitute for time. There, especially when you are talking about doing something that modulates or manipulates the immune system. It's very different if you take a new antibiotic or a new medication for high blood pressure. It is far more likely that you will see the results of that uh, new drug very quickly. Um, the immune system is quite different. Uh, there may be delayed effects. You might not see a virus. Uh, that looks like this one again for some years, or it might not be until someone goes to get pregnant that they all of a sudden realize, oh my gosh, those antibodies actually attack the placenta, for wow. example, wow. and we have issues with fertility. So when you're talking about doing therapies, vaccines or other gene manipulation that modifies or impacts the immune system, God only knows when you will actually see the results of that. And it may take months and absolutely years to determine that. And that's why vaccine development generally takes as long as it does. Unbelievable. We're speaking with Dr. Kelly Victory, Medical Monday here on the Heidi Harris Show. Dr. Fauci said uh, yesterday he was talking about the COVID inoculation, saying the high school students should be able to get it by autumn, and younger students will likely to be to get it by 2022. You and I have discussed in the past that this has never been tested on people younger than 16. Why is it that children don't seem to get it as severely as adults? Because I remember reading, and I, I can't remember why off the top of my head, but reading why the Spanish flu tended to take out the, the, the people normally not affected by this thing. It took out the young, healthy people, like in their 20s, 30s, 40s, as opposed to the elderly people. And that was a different situation, I realized. But why is it that this particular, thank God, COVID doesn't seem to affect the children as badly? Well, COVID is a coronavirus. And coronaviruses uh, common, or is a common cause of, of the cold. About 20, 25% of all common colds are caused by coronaviruses. The current theory is that children have better underlying innate immunity to these, T-cell immunity, meaning they don't even need to ramp up antibodies because their innate T-cell immunity to these is good primarily because of their exposure likely to previous coronaviruses, colds and things like that. Okay. So we that, that's the, the current theory. For some reason, children don't seem to harbor, even when they become exposed to COVID-19, they simply don't harbor as much of it in their noses and mouths, so they don't become as ill with it. Um, and you are quite right. Different viruses attack different age groups. We know who the target group is for COVID-19. Uh, it's largely those people in the elderly decades and people with a well-defined set of comorbidities. 
it is very different from what happened in 1918 with the Spanish flu, which, as you pointed out, uh, attacked people really in the prime of their lives. People between the ages of 20 and 49 were the prime targets, people who were otherwise healthy and fit, and that was unique. Uh, but COVID-19 is not that way, and fortunately, we know that children are at essentially zero risk from COVID-19. The idea that Dr. Fauci would talk about vaccinating children as early as the end of this year or early 2022, uh, it, I think is um, it is irresponsible because we have not, none of these vaccines have been tested on people in those age groups. None of them are even under the emergency use authorization wow. that they are currently living on. They aren't, they are not uh, approved to be given in anyone under the age of 16. Wow, that's crazy. Well, boy, it's nuts. Dr. Kelly Victory joins us every Monday, Medical Monday. Great having you, doctor. Thanks for always making the time and thanks for asking my incredible listeners questions this morning. Happy to do it. Look forward to next Thank week. Thank you.